0: iceman a podcast presented by tuned up custom rods hey everybody
1: welcome back we are super excited tonight we've got a special guest joining us by phone we have donovan pierce from blackwater cats and is it guide service or outfitters donovan
2: it's blackwater cats outfitters but we are a guide service (laughs) that's right
1: and uh, we also have a guest joining us in studio we got luke schmidt welcome luke Hey, good evening, good to be here. And Luke is, uh, full disclosure, the pastor at my church. Welcome, Luke. Hey. So we can't say anything bad this episode, well, right? Well, we have to just try to keep it a little bit a little bit PG. Bleep me can.
0: out when I get out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of sweating bullets here.
1: No, it's, it's tough, it's tough, you know, that the judgmental lies that he's got over there. Um, Donovan, welcome. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, so you and I have connected a couple of times just through Luke, actually. So... Luke and a couple buddies of his from, from, you know, where you live mm-hmm. have been going up and guiding through Donovan
3: for a, a several years now. Yeah, it's got to be it's like four years, Donovan.
2: We've been up there with you, I think. I think yeah, at least for yeah, sure. Yeah, but- because
3: I, I just remember one year we always do this ice fishing trip. The crew of guys uh, that I hang out with, and uh, and I remember spending one year uh, on bad ice up on Lake of the Woods, seventeen feet of water, soaking minnows for three days. We watched sixteen movies, including the American Pie trilogy. <laughs> and like I remember, I mean, it was just it was not good fishing, you know. And we're like, let's never do this again. What can we do that's better? And and you know, I don't, we didn't know, but we just we connected with Donovan and my buddy Sean set it up and life-changing. That's how I'm going to, get, I'm going to describe it like that. Life-changing. And then, awesome.
1: and then Luke came over to our church, to my church. And, uh, one of the things that everyone was interested in is, does he like to fish? Because <laughs> we've got a men's retreat that we take every year. And, and we had been going to Lake of the Woods for a decade as that church. And, yep. and we had a lot of those trips up there where we go up and spend the, the entire night uh, or the entire day just trying to figure out what to talk about because there's nothing going on fishing wise. And you came in and said, "Hey, I, I got a place and I got a guy. Got a
3: guy. I got a guy." And Donovan, <laughs>
1: you've been guiding on Winnipeg for how long?
2: Well, we've—I uh, think last year was my tenth uh, year anniversary as an outfitter, and it might be eight or nine years on the ice.
1: That—that's—I'm uh, surprised. I thought that uh, for how much you know that lake, I suppose you probably fished it for your whole life. But the—the the service that you provide up there is, is astounding. It's like you've got it really dialed in.
2: Yeah, you know it's it's um you know it's been it's kind of we we're just talking about I uh, me and Ryan and Brad that were just talking about this the other day and how um when the, when the book is written on Lake Winnipeg it's kind of unique because like you know you hear stories about other fisheries and other guys and guys who come and gone and whatever and we kind of were lucky and fortunate enough to be on the ground floor of lake winnipeg as it boomed, you know like me and brad started learning from like roger stearns and then lee nolden and then started kind of breaking off and doing things on our own but we we like i mean hopefully there will never be a, a fall but like, you know we've basically been here through the rise and fall of lake winnipeg right i mean we've seen it from the very beginning all the way up we've seen the patterns we've seen the the year classes come and go we've seen the best and the worst it's kind of cool so we're kind of it's kind of unique because it's in a you know and it's just you know timing i guess is 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 the best way to put it just being at the right place in the right time and having a passion for this but we've uh, like I say we've kind of been on, on the ground floor of the history books when it comes to Lake Winnipeg here eh? so.
1: and that lake is you know I don't I don't know how much our listeners know about that lake but you know doing a little bit of research on it it is ridiculously big it's it's almost mm-hmm. like a great lake in terms of its size although it's significantly shallower but mm-hmm. the amount of area that really legitimately gets fished by a lot of people is is quite a small amount of the whole lake You know, it's mostly just on that southern on that southern tip of the lake itself, right where the Red River comes in. Yeah. And that's where is that is that where you get your name Blackwater Cats? Like you you guide catfish, correct?
2: (laughs) Well, actually okay, so um Blackwater cat started because I mean I, I've had a lifelong love affair with our other you know we have a one two punch of world class sports fishing the walleyes overshadowed a catfish but the catfish have been something that's been around far far longer since the '80s when In Fisherman and Doug Stanley those guys came up here and put it on the map and uh, ever since I was a young boy I used to you know as a poor kid driving a bike down on the you know on the river in Winnipeg uh, you know I spent my uh, young years just fantasizing about catfish and reading In Fisherman stuff or whatever and. And then, you know, fishing in Lockport whenever I can. And So Blackwater Cast actually comes from um, just, you know, the fishing, becoming a catfish guide and outfitter and, you know, wanting to do that with the rest of my life. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, um, joining the Walleye Club and just having a passion for fishing all around, I joined the Walleye Club, met, you know, some of the guys, Roger Stearns, and kind of like um, I had never really ice fished before. Um, but I mean, you know, when you're passionate about something, you know, the skill sets are interchangeable, right? So one year, I just I basically went full out and invested in the tent heater, auger, whatever else, and started hitting the Red River, and and pretty soon we started following around Lake Roger Stearns and Lake Winnipeg, and I mean, it didn't take long to catch on. But I mean, I'll tell you something: my my uh, the learning curve we have, like in the systems we run today. I mean, we we've obviously developed a lot of things on our own and taken it to new levels. But I mean for the most part we're still running the same systems and the same ideas on how to approach a lake that we learned from roger stearns and i mean he's really kind of like you know he's kind of my mentor when it comes to ice fishing on that lake he kind of quietly goes about i mean there's people who are getting into ice fishing today that are using techniques and, and learning about things that that were started by him so he's like taught generations to, to how to ice fish that lake and he's innovated and uh just you know pushed the boundaries and i mean the learning curve that was cut that, that you know that helped me i mean he he saved probably a ha- six years off a learning curve getting to fish with him and learning tactics and te- techniques and just how to think about the lake and how to approach it right so it was uh it was kind of you know like i say having a having a guy like that to kind of lead the pack and show you the way it really helps you know enhance those uh natural skill sets you got and, and curiosity to learn right so
1: yeah that lake is daunting to say the least uh, you know i know that when we first started talking about going up there with luke and you know, we um you know we went from having a, a very very prescribed system on lake of the woods where you're going to this row of houses that have been sitting on that row for the last seven months or not seven months seven weeks and that's where you're fishing until the day is over And uh, we would have meetings, Luke. And I was like, why are we having all these meetings to get prepared for this? And, (laughs) you know, (laughs) who's got the heater? Who's got the tent? Who's got this? Who's got that? And I was like, well, let's just go fishing. You know, it can't be that hard.
3: I've never been so organized in my life, but I I was passionate.
1: It's a different style of fishing. It's nothing like I've ever seen. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people from down, you know, here in the Minnesota area can really understand about that lake until they've gone and done it. You know, there's no roads, none, which was shocking to me. You know, I drove up there the first year in my Explorer thinking, I'll be fine. And I got there, and, and Donovan, you looked at me, and you're like, no, nope, you're not going to go down the link in that <laughs> thing. And I'm like, but it's got four-wheel drive. No, nope, you're not doing it. Like, okay. And I definitely would not have been able to do it. They
0: have it. no ground clearance. The, well, a Ford Explorer has no ground clearance compared was, to a pickup truck. It, would just, it was just not going to happen. No. They're, and they're not built for it. No, they're just, they're not. Well, and and
3: we, I mean, we barely, I
1: mean, we barely made it that
0: that, year.
3: And that's the thing. Like there's always this, this front and and Donovan, you're always really upfront about this too. But like, like at some point you're like, okay, no more trucks. You know I mean? You just, you can't get out there. You can't get safe. You can't get across the heaves and all that stuff. And so we're always just fingers crossed. Like, all right, can we get out there in February? Can we bring trucks? Cause it's, it's a whole different world versus taking out sleds or, or, you know, Rangers, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah for sure just just being able to like you know i always the way i book is that in, in a normal year is uh if you're booking trips in february and march then you have to have tracks available either booking my track truck or your own tracks to come up or i generally won't even take your booking uh unless like say and i do make exceptions for guests and who guys who know the know the deal but it's just if you're not prepared to come out like i say guys who have to come out by truck your best bet is to come out in early January or the last week of March because there's just no guarantee. You're flipping a coin, whether, you know. And in my experience, three out of 10 years, you can drive trucks most of the year, but seven uh-huh. out of 10 years, like you're, yep. you're shut down in February, and March, right? So, so it was,
1: it, I'm just going to try to paint a picture of this because this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced <laughs> getting out on the lake. It was so different from anything I've ever experienced before. So we stayed at the Selkirk. Hotel. What's that place Kenaulta called? Canalta Inn. Baby, the it's Inn, nice. Which it's a A wonderful nice hotel. Yep. Yep. It doesn't feel like there's anything around it, but the Canalta Inn was a very Boston, p- Boston's pizza. True, that <laughs> that is a and a Walmart, and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, and Tim fish. Hortons,
3: which and there's a bait shop. Yeah, yep. Uh,
1: and and from the Canalta Inn, it's what maybe a fifteen minute drive uh, to the Half lake. Hour. Half hour. Half so, hour. So yeah. So we get up early. Like we're in the trucks by six. That's and not early, Dan. No seven. That's,
0: that's like normal time for most people. It felt pretty early. Yeah, well, I mean, it was twenty
3: three below that day too.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was. Wait, 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 we have to. Is it twenty three below Fahrenheit or twenty three below Celsius? Oh wait, that's it the was, same at that point. No, that, forty is when they're uh, the same. Forty. Oh, below is, is it forty? Yeah. yeah.
1: It was. It was. It was Fahrenheit twenty three below. Anyway, so we get in the trucks and uh, and there was one of your guides. I can't remember which one. Donovan was in the lead. And then there was another one who was in the rear and we had a trail of like 11 pickup trucks pulling out of the parking lot. And as soon as we left, you could see that there was like four other trucks that were parked in the, in the big tire shop place.
3: Oh, Canadian Tire! In the Canadian yeah, Tire
1: yeah, yeah. place, who just quickly joined up with our line. I know you've got a special term for those people, Donovan. Yeah, <laughs> shithawk. That's yeah. right. My the the royal favorite.
2: Canadian shithawk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we follow this train out to the lake, and you know, I had no idea where I was going. I was in the back seat of a pickup truck, and it was dark. I had no idea where I was going, and all of a sudden, we come to this to to what I assume is a launch in the summertime, but in the wintertime, there's nothing to ex. To, there's no way that you know that you're going somewhere on a lake.
3: We go up the river that, that time or we the first up? year
1: we went on the far east or far west side of the lake.
3: Oh um, yeah yeah Shelly. Shelley yeah yeah
1: and um, all of a sudden we're driving on ice but it's, not, it's you can't tell it's ice it's just deep snow and the guy in the front the, who was a guide was driving the most erratic trail I could imagine and everyone's just trying to follow his his, his tire tracks. And he get he'd get stuck and then the guide in the back would drive up front, pull him out, and then we'd keep going until we found a path. And we drove, I don't know, seven or eight miles out onto the lake. Somewhere in, I mean, it wasn't we didn't go like a crazy distance. I like,
3: think deep. We just went along the sh- like. We could
1: still see shore. Yeah. But it took almost an hour and a half yeah. of negotiating between the drifts. It was insane.
3: Yeah. We were the last group to go out with trucks that year, right? Sure.
2: Yes. sure <laughs> there was, I mean, no, use this story, yeah.
1: it, it, it was just, there was, it was nothing like a red lake experience where you're following a very wide, very definite plowed trail. Yeah. It's Ooh. a road. Don't say a trail. It's, it's a, a, it's a, road. It's red a lake, paved yeah. road at that point, but coming out onto, onto Winnipeg, it's, you know, there's these crazy big ice heaves that look like you're going into Superman's fortress of solitude.
3: <laughs> you know, right. it's,
1: it's, uh, it's a, it's just, a totally different world. And and then we stop and you say, oh, here's the place. And, you know, so how would you have any idea that that was the place? But I don't know. You've got the system down because we we hammered the fish. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, then we'd, <laughs> and then we'd move. And that was another thing that we, I wasn't used to as far as, you know, like our men's retreat is we'd get up and move a lot. You know, we'd be going from one spot to another spot and it was like a mile long move. And Bruce popped his tire. Ah, and Bruce! <laughs> it was it was crazy. So anyone who's looking to do Winnipeg, I can't imagine trying to do that lake without a guide. I can't imagine.
3: Yeah, I mean, I it's you know, Donovan, you obviously know that better. But you know, for me as a as a normal guy that's not out there every day, I mean, for me it would, it, yeah, if they got it all intimidating, if there was some snow cover on there, if there was big heaves. You're, or you're just not getting to the place where the fish are. You're just having to fish where everyone else is because no mm-hmm. one's out there navigating that stuff to get you on the, the spot. But that's why every year we're like, we're not going unless we can go with Donovan and his crew because you guys just get us where we want to be. And it's just, it, just uh, an epic experience.
0: Well, I'm sure it's like any guide experience. <clears throat> you you want to go with them because you they know the lake. They, they trust their instincts of where the fish are. And they also can understand how to get you out of those situations, whether you fall through an ice heave or something like that.
1: Well, and if you get stuck, there's another guy out there who can help you get out. And
0: he's probably gotten, I mean, Donovan, you probably got thousands of vehicles unstuck on that
2: lake. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not even, uh, <laughs> it's not even, uh, like it's, it's just, it's just like a, it's like drinking a coffee in the morning. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, it was no, <laughs> like there was all help each other,
1: you know? <laughs> no one complained. People got stuck and it was like, oh, we're stuck. Pull us out. It no one complained? Well, yeah, it wasn't a big we'll deal. Down. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like the deal that you'd expect it to be. It was a, yeah. it was a phenomenal experience, but different than anything i've ever seen before and you know you go up there and there's not an ice castle to be seen
3: oh gosh i can't even imagine trying to take a
1: not a single wheelhouse on that whole lake that i could see
3: uh you know there'll be some but before the first heave right there'll be some local guys that set their stuff out there but
1: maybe a skid house or two yeah something
3: but you don't see much of snow bears everywhere yeah donovan loves snow bears don't you donovan
2: Oh, they're my favorite <laughs> snow, snow, snow rats, ice
1: rats. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all over the place. We got saved last year or two years ago. You remember that, Luke?
3: Oh,
2: coming gosh. off
1: the ice, we tried to stay out a little too long.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were oh, let's hit that night bite, and we then, got saved
1: uh, by a, a full size Chevy twenty five hundred on tracks.
3: Yeah, it was uh-huh. brand new. It it's like a hundred thousand dollar rig. Yeah, <laughs> pulling out good old Bruce. I loved it. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah,
2: you know, it's, it's, it's you know the, the the perils of that lake. You know, there's a story that happened years ago. Like I have a track truck too that I run in, in some of the bad years, and quite a few years ago. And even this is a perils for some of the locals where, uh, you know, uh, long story short, um, you know they, they were predicting a blizzard for three days. And, you know, with the boom of ice fishing, so many people fishing that lake inexperienced that are used mm-hmm. to just following their buddies out in three feet of ice and going on and coming off and never having a problem. So that day, you know, it was the third day of a trip. We get out there and then the blizzard hits and, uh, you know, it's absolute whiteout conditions, ridiculous snow on an already tough to drive lake. And, I mean, people were just out there, like, just completely totally unprepared with like not not equipped for this at all like just like it was just insane and you know like I say I, I can go on for a while about this particular story but at the end of the day we cut my trip short and I was getting emergency call messages and I spent the next like four to five hours basically trying to fight my way even in my my track truck was bogging down you know, the breathing, you know, trying to, trying to stay running here. And I'm, I'm driving to random GPS coordinates, not being able to see 10 feet out the front of my truck and uh, hooking up to trucks. And basically, you know, there's no pulling it out of drift. I just basically hooked them up and drove them, you know, dragged them back two miles to the, you know, to the entrance, dropped them and go went back out for another one. Mm -hmm. So just kind of show goes to show you how, you know, a lake like that can turn on you in a heartbeat. And that's just one of a hundred (laughs) stories.
3: Well, it's, it's so different year to year. I mean, there's, there's years where, where you know like you guys you guys are done you got a family like i like how you you know draw your boundaries and you're like hey we're off at four but you guys know where you're going there's that's where you're heading out like we've been up there enough times you know if the conditions are good and we know where we're getting out that's fine we can fish another half hour 45 minutes um but there's years where i'm like no 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 like we're packing up like we're coming with you guys we will follow you right out of here and you kind of insist on that too because there's just some years that that you just yeah. don't mess around out there
1: well and you're sure. we're on the on the south edge of that lake and, That lake's got to be, what, 150, 200 miles long?
2: Yeah, I think it's like something, well, well, I think it was 580 kilometers. Yeah, you got to speak Canadian, kilometers. Yeah,
1: (laughs) kilometers, liters, all that stuff. So 580 kilometers is about.
2: 200 miles or something like that, that's about right, 200, 250 miles. So
1: So you imagine 200 miles of uh, 20-mile-an-hour north wind building up steam.
2: That's a Hmm.
0: monster. Just, it's drifts and waves
2: it's, I
1: mean, Malax is okay. a big lake. Lake of the Woods is a big lake, but it's not yeah. the same.
3: Like Winnipeg, on the map it looks like it's half the size of Minnesota. It is mean, half the size of it's Minnesota.
1: Just, I mean, it's it's yeah. And then right next to it's Lake Manitoba, which is just as big.
0: Yeah. Are there any resorts or anything that plow, plow roads or cater, cater to like a wheelhouse crowd up there?
2: no there's nothing i mean like th- there's guys who take wheelhouses out there um they're brave and they they run into a lot of problems there's even some guys who you know have different sit-ups uh setups with track trucks now but for the most part no it, it's a wilderness lake like there's communities on both sides of the lake but unlike Lake the woods where people you know or, or places where people property owners are invested in plowing access roads and whatever there's no there's no reason to have a road out there right like and, and, and who's gonna pay to plow it right so it's just there's just no financial reason whatsoever to have plowed roads and then liability is an issue too so no basically what you're looking at is it's a it's a wilderness lake it's a giant wide open they call it big windy for a reason just endless expanse of ice and snow and and uh the only trail is the one that you make with your tires so
1: yeah it's it's like nothing i've ever seen
3: it's like it's a it's totally a risk versus reward proposition and there's a lot of reward oh my gosh that and that's it you know it's even because this year we had to punt because we couldn't get up over the border which you know we'll, talk about, we'll yeah. talk about that so yeah. we had to go to red and you're talking about you know plowed roads and like these rental houses all in a row it was you know no offense to anyone that loves reds it was the most boring experience uh, i mean like that compared to what i'm used to with it's like i, I was like not okay same, one but, year we can do this but i'm not going to do it more than this
0: are you looking more for the adventure of fishing is that kind of what the allure is a little bit
3: the other I mean, you never know what you're going to catch Every single thing you hook up with – now i got a live scope, so I like that's going to ruin it a little bit for me. But otherwise, every fish you hook up with, like this could be your 30-inch, 28-inch master, your 30-inch personal best walleye. You just never know what you're going to get, and they're just all mixed in there. I mean, one year we were out – like I was telling you guys before, like from 4 to four forty p.m., I got a 29.5, a, a 27.5, and, and a 26 all out of the same hole within 40 minutes. I mean, where else in the w- world are you going to experience that?
2: I call that Tuesday –
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
3: anyone out there who's not following
1: donovan on fa on uh, instagram you got to go out there and check out blackwater cats on tuesday. instagram
0: see and when you say there's no reason for a resort or plowed roads right there when you call that tuesday i see like why aren't people doing that right now
2: yeah i know you're right you have a what i mean it is but if, you know what? it's um oh it's it's uh you know what, the, the, the problem is it's only three months of the year. Like, it's just, we we just don't have the, like the, the biggest problem we have up here, and this is why we're, you know, we'll talk more about it, the, why my business is, just doesn't exist and 80% of outfitters would disappear permanently in Canada or if, if without American tourism. We don't have the money, we don't have the population, right? So without, you know, we, we have a huge draw for walleye, you know, for not even three months of winter, I would say for like really a month and a half when I'm really, really busy. The rest of the time it's locals. And there's just, uh, and, and throughout the summer months, they're really, the lake is not, um, there's very, very, there's certain sections you can really fish regularly in spring and fall, open water with success. Uh, it's not like ice fishing, you know, it's, it's not like where the, these big ones are around all the time, the big, the lake is big and dirty and it's just, it's just not, um. It's just not very marketable outside of, like, you know, pleasure, you know, crafts. And even then, like, people who own, you know, own cabins out there, like, you know, seven out of ten days, you can't really safely get on the lake. Mm. So, it's just like, it's one of these things where you just, it's, there just isn't a draw. I mean, property properties are so expensive. Everything is so expensive up here. I mean, we've... Myself, a hundred other guys has looked at it. There's B and B's and stuff, but there just isn't. Uh, there just isn't the, the economic. Like we got, I don't know if it's just a Canadian thing, but like we have, um, you know, the, the greatest catfishing on planet Earth, one of the greatest walleye bites in the world. But there just isn't, uh, there, like, you know, in the summertime, I have a hard time staying busy full-time, and I am the busiest catfish outfit that's ever existed here and uh, getting enough trips from my guides, right? So it's just uh, you would think that, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But it's just, unfortunately, it's just there's, there's in very short seasons where there's any kind of a demand. Eh? So. Gotcha.
0: Why is the season <laughs> only a month and a half? For, for well, a it's not ice. that the
2: season's over a month and a half. There's just not a marketable product do you mean like like these these walleyes like it's it's hard like i tell people like you can go up we're starting to actually develop an open water bite on lake winnipeg up in springtime and it's you know the the prime time for that is like late may early june and it's absolutely off the hook but then it dies off the commercial fishing nets start falling off and then the bite drops down substantially and then from there it's just like um like i say you would need you would need like 25 30 foot boats to get out on the lake and it's not like it's just not like Erie where these guys are going out open water and trolling for big walleyes all the time and what you just the success is not there the fish just are, are not that catchable the water's kind of dirty and cloudy it's just um like I say, it's, it's it's just not something that's really marketable. And even myself, like I've uh, I've ran walleye trips up in summertime, up to some of the hot areas and further north and stuff like that. And it's it's not like in the wintertime we can get out there in numbers, get on the fish, work hard, guarantee a bit of a product. But you just that product just really isn't there during most of the summer months, except for spring and fall.
0: Now, does your bite, like, I know, I mean, so is your is Winnipeg real shallow kind of overall? Or is there is areas little, of deep water? Yeah, the, just because you said it's dirty. I, I was curious if it's, you know, shallow because then once you get a bunch of wind, it just turns up that sand. That's and, exactly
2: yeah, the, the South Basin is super shallow. I mean, it, really, you have to go f- f- far to get 20 feet. And then it gets deeper in the North Basin and up near the Narrows and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's uh, – and zebra mussels too. That's another thing. That's that's kind of why, the if you've been watching and following me on Facebook over the last few springs and stuff um, – the open water bite there in springtime is better than it's ever been in history. And it's partly to do with like zebra mussels clearing up the water and just, you know, the bites just going insane with that. But I mean, yeah, like, you know, when when that spring flurry is over, it gets pretty tough to do anything and you just it's such a massive lake like it's not like we can oh in the winter time okay it's windy today but whatever we'll just get out there in numbers and find fish like you're you're taking your life into your hands you can't go five miles here two miles there open water like it just you just can't do it it's it's unsafe it's hard to do and i mean even like it's just it's almost it's almost tough to fish out there you know
0: well and i think it's i'm sure it's such a big body water it is kind of spooky to fish you know, I mean it's well, not just spooky, it's, yeah. it's like straight up dangerous. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say spooky cuz I like big waves. But <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm kind of a nut. I fish in 4-footers and a 16-footer. Um, but the the point, you said Zeebs. Um, I'm curious. So, I know we had another guest on a few weeks ago. Larry. Larry Hansen said Zeebs were the best thing Minnetonka's had as far mm. as invasive. Species. What do you what are your kind of thoughts on that? Just cuz I find it fascinating cuz I think for a lot of people, we think zebs are bad. But so far, every fisher, like, fishing guide, yeah. it, they've been good because they've cleaned up the fishery.
2: You know what? Like, yeah, I guess, okay, so I'm not a scientist or a biologist. So I, I want to be careful what I say. If I'm just speaking on experience, I mean, I know there's a downside to invasive species for sure. But um, as a fishing guide, purely from a catch standpoint, I'm failing to see what that would be. I mean like like any anything I've ever heard of or seen anywhere, zebra mussels have only increased fishing and it's it's one hundred percent made the lake better. Like it's it's cleared up water and I mean you know, you go from the Red River in the fall where it's kind of dirty and cloudy and if you do get into a walleye bite it's usually just jig sitting on the bottom the fish sniffing and barely touching it and whatever else to like unless unless the water clears up when the water starts clearing up it gets better well on lake winnipeg i mean like you know you talk to commercial guys who've been on that family's been on that lake for hundreds of years and they say you know like uh you could never really see more than six six inches or more on a good day in years past and like since the zebras start clearing it up, guys are standing in water up to their chest, and they can count the toes on their feet. Like it's it's completely cleared up, and, and and as a result of that, I don't know why if it's just the visibility aspect of it, but the fishing is just absolutely lights out when the water's clear like that. And conversely, when we get a a big windy day and it's starting to push the dirty water up towards you know where we're fishing, and that water starts clouding up, the bite you know it tails off and it shuts right down right so i mean I, I don't know the science behind it i don't know what potentially could lead you down the road or and, and there's no doubt the infrastructure damage and everything zebra mussels can do but i mean if you're talking just from purely from a from an angling point of view it's done nothing but it make the bite better
1: that's exactly what uh, larry hansen who's a professional guide on lake minnetonka down here in the twin cities has said that yeah. it's it's uh as far as from a fish catch standpoint it's been it's been nothing but positive although yeah. there are you know a lot of people who who find drawbacks from the invasives as well mm-hmm. when you talk catfish guiding i have mm-hmm. never caught a catfish i've never tried to catch a catfish it seems like such a foreign species to me but yeah. I mean, that's that is that mostly done on the river, or do you do that on the lake as well, or how does oh, that? That's work? all.
2: That's all Red River. Uh, the prime, uh, like you can fish the whole Red River for it, even in the city, but, re, but pretty much from uh, Selkirk to about eight, eight to ten kilometers downstream to the Lockport Dam, that streper, stretch of river is the greatest cat fishing on planet Earth. And it's like um, even even guys who are cat guys from like you know fish down in Fargo and stuff like that. It's just it's just a different world. I mean, it's, it's the water is fairly fast moving. These fish are big fat and powerful and i mean these these things it's the closest to like salt water i tell people it's the closest to salt water fishing you're going to get in fresh water i mean you're sitting there and the rods you basically fold over and touch the water and then you're just in an absolute fight for your life right to the boat (laughs) how do you You
1: how do you how do you fish for catfish what i mean is it like circle hooks and just
0: a bunch of chicken livers and stuff like that right
2: yeah, I mean that's that's a primitive, uh, primitive kind of just throwing stink bait or whatever and catching. But you know, obviously we have our techniques and, and bait preferences and seasonal stuff. Like you know, we're pretty advanced into it. But yeah, it's it's not overcomplicated. I mean, it's it's still fishing. You get to a spot, you anchor or a spot lock. You toss out a slip sinker rig, catfish rig, you know, um, which is basically like a, a heavy uh, lindy rig, basically, right, with a with a slip sinker. And uh, either, an, you know, um, a circle hook or an opti- octopus hook. And then cut bait is the, the primary. Like in, in springtime, we can use sucker, uh, but gold eye up here is uh, the staple food for catfish most of the year. So chunks of gold eye on a big 7-aught, uh, you know, 5- to 8-aught circle hook or whatever, or just offset hook, and then uh, you're just bottom fishing. You toss it out, you leave it there, put the rods in the holder, or just hold on to them, and you're just waiting to for a catfish to fold that rod in half, and then, you know, it's on. Um, what is know, a good-sized catfish? Things. What okay, is? so, yeah, your, and your average fish, like, you know, it, it's easier to catch a 20-pounder than it is to catch a 10. <laughs> and that's not, and that, that's not a marketing – that's not a marketing I – can't, I can't even stress this enough. That's not a marketing tool. That is 100% the truth. If you try to go out there and catch a 10-pound catfish, you could be at it for a week. But you'll catch 220-pounders trying.
0: That, that sounds like a way more fun bite than yes, I – Yes, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, that I, I'm, I'm game oh wait, wait, we can't go to Canada.
2: Oh. <laughs> it's like Salt um, in the Moon boys. Salt in the moon. Let's not it. talk about
0: that. Well, get, we're uh, t- we are gonna talk we're, about we're that. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna make the second half the political version. I think this is
1: the perfect time to take a quick break because then we can come back. I wanna talk more about catfishing. I wanna hear I wanna hear about this because it's something I've never seen before or never done before. And and then I do want to get your thoughts on, you know, our current situation where we can't travel and 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 just how that's affected you and and uh, just kind of pick your brain on that, but why don't we take this moment, take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with uh, with our second segment with Donovan. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. This is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey, we're moving, John. We are? We are. <laughs> Tuned Up Custom Rods. we got a new location coming out sometime in March, so make sure you're paying attention to that. And our website's going to stay up on all the time. If you need to get a new ice rod or open water rod, use our promo code ICEMAN. That's one word, ICEMAN, at TunedUpCustomRods.com.
0: And since I'm never going to give up on ice, uh, we also have to talk about Freedom Baits. Freedom Baits are working really, really well. They work in the open water. Yeah, but they work. I mean, I only use them for ice. So FreedomBaits.com, use the code ACPF10 for 10% off in your next order.
1: Everybody, welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us through that commercial
0: break. John, did you know we're moving? <laughs> I, I do know we're moving. It's weird, <laughs> you live at the shop all the time, and now you are moving. Yeah, it's like you're moving your house. Yeah, pretty much. You would not believe how much stuff you accumulate in five years of business in one location. I'm excited for the new shop. I am too. We're gonna get
1: ourselves a, an actual studio. Yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna, some lights and maybe some cameras and do a YouTube channel. I think
0: that's, that, I think that's on the
1: docket. I think that'd be awesome. I, I think I think it's gonna be awesome. It will be awesome. Go ahead and
0: smash that uh, subscribe
1: button. I'm just practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Click that link down yeah, below. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone, welcome back. I got to learn how to video edit. Oh my goodness! Oh, to producer Tom. Maybe we got to get you an assistant. <laughs> All right, welcome wait back, everyone. Wait, wait,
0: we're doing video. That means I have to be like, I have to shave and stuff. No, man, just be regular. You just oh, have to just,
1: wear
3: pants. Iceman is pretty manly. I mean, yeah, right. Manly. Pants exactly. are going to be
0: tough. I mean, that's going to be an in-studio thing. Maybe we'll have to have. Heat we'll just have then to get too. a tall table. We'll be fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to the show. Oh, so, welcome guess. back, everyone. We still have Donovan on the line here, calling from Winnipeg, on uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I almost said Ontario, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Donovan, thank you again for being here. From. Did, I, did you hear me donovan are you there yeah, no, uh, yeah oh yeah you're, 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 okay sorry. No, awesome no thank you problem. <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for having me on <laughs> Okay, we we're there we just thought uh, you disappeared for a while blast, yeah. and luke thank you for being here tonight as well you bet a it's blast. awesome yes
0: so we brought up a kind of a quirky thing about canadians you guys still measure fish in inches even though everything else is in centimeters and meters and millimeters yes
2: yeah, you know it, it's weird i don't know why uh in the outdoor community, whether it be fishing and hunting up here, even though we're metric, we seem team to you know we talk about miles, we talk about inches and pounds. I don't know. Maybe it's just because um, you know what, what we're kind of seeing in the world today, and seems to you know the the outdoors people still you know do things that make sense and and talk things that you know, uh, and and talk in language that people understand. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's why we're talking inches and pounds.
1: <laughs> How long ago did Canada go to the metric system? Do you know?
2: All right, you know what I couldn't tell you is as, as, as long as I can remember we've I think we've been on the metric system so
0: what what did they have before the imperial <laughs> imperial,
2: imperial the customs yeah, uh, uh, I was
0: gonna say that's what I thought but I didn't know if they had some like weird ass I mean it is Canada you guys are sometimes a little different i'm teaching
1: the metric system in school right now and it actually the metric
0: system is pretty smart my it kid, is a my lot kid more. loves
3: it he just learned it and he's like why do we not do this it, it, makes, it makes a ton way of more sense, sense. It
0: makes a ton of sense yeah but i'm not gonna say oh, i don't know what centimeter i'm a, i have a 56 centimeter wall i'd be like holy crap i'm going to that lake because <laughs> i would think inches in my head
2: you know i think you know honestly i think the reason why we do that is because um like up here you know whatever when when we we're all younger or when, when uh in the early days when in fishermen and the lenders were teaching generations how to fish, I mean the magazines and the shows were all coming from the states, and you guys all talked in inches and miles and pounds and whatever else so I, you know it makes sense that anybody in the outdoor industry up here or whatever is is kind of it's kind of translated over the years eh when you're when you're shooting like uh is it is it in yards then yeah, yeah, For we hunting.
0: Yeah, hunting and yeah. okay. So that's we. That's weird. That's like a blended system because I know I have a buddy up there that fishes on Lake Tobin. He just mm-hmm. sent me his truck mileage and he goes, "I got nine miles or nine kilometers to my leader," and I go, "I have no idea what that means." Like I couldn't. <laughs> it was two measurements. I couldn't even compute it. April first, cool.
1: nineteen seventy-five is when Canada switched the metric system. In case, oh, case, okay. case you're wondering.
3: Oh, look at that. So well, it makes sense. Thanks, Google. We can't, can't wait. Are we going to fact
2: check tonight? Is that what we're doing? <laughs>
0: Political calls nice that. a uh, Fool's
2: joke right there, <laughs> <in> Canada.
0: <laughs> so why don't we just dive in and start talking about the border? Let's do it. Yeah. That, that is, has pissed me. I mean, <laughs> it pissed me off completely. Because How many trips did you miss, Luke?
3: Uh, I don't I don't like to think about. I don't like to. Two s- at least. I just least. look forward to seeing Donovan again whenever
0: I can. So I was
1: so disappointed that we couldn't make it up there this year. Two, yeah, so two. You've got, John literally has equipment in
0: Canada. Yeah, I have a lithium charger. If anyone wants to ship one down, it's a lithium charger and a battery is unbelievably expensive to ship over the border because it's lithium. Oh, sure. And it's sitting in a dude's house on his dresser right now, waiting for me to pick it up. Oh, wait, they closed the border, so I couldn't go back up there, which I'm a little bitter because there's a rod up there. There's probably some tackle, and I'm sure a crap load of other stuff because... I kind of left a bunch of stuff up there knowing I was coming back.
1: Now, as bitter as, as we are about missing fishing trips and, and lithium chargers, I'm sure that the border closure has been really significant uh, of an impact for you, Donovan.
2: Um. Yeah, no, you, you can't really uh, understate the devastation that uh, not only myself and uh, all the outfitters and guides in Canada are, um, are suffering. Like, I mean, it's, it's not even um, – like, I can't even – I can't I can't overstate the importance of American tourism and American dollars like you know like our our outfitter our outfitter association uh, the Manitoba Lodges and Outfitters Association had a meeting a few months back there with Travel Manitoba and you know they're coming in with this presentation and you know how how do we target locals and you know how, how can we how can we uh, you know. doing their job trying to focus on something perfect you know positive and how do we turn this around what 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 can we work on here and what's what's a measure of success and it's just like you know like this is a joke i mean there's there's we don't exist without american tourism like we don't i mean 70 80 percent of outfitters you know hunting and fishing outfitters in canada If that border never opened again, we'd just disappear and cease to exist. I mean, we don't have the population. We don't have the money. We don't have people who – the people who have money don't spend it. It's just, um, you know, the Americans are vital for our survival. Like, um, I'm basically running – Like the trip or two a week I'm getting, if that at Canadian rates, does not even doesn't even keep the lights on. You know, this is just kind of what I'm doing right now is just trying to stay relevant. You know, promote sponsors and and hope for uh, hope for hope that the conspiracy theories about uh, our government's turning into a social uh, the Great Reset and a socialist uh, world government isn't isn't true. And hopefully the borders will open and we are going to be allowed to own things and (laughs) and operate our businesses in the future, right? So Man, I
1: hope so. I, I just saw a story in the Star Tribune down here in Minnesota, Minneapolis, about about uh, if you have travel plans, cancel them. It was the headline from um, from the Canadian Tourism Board.
3: Uh, well, Donovan, you I think you put it on Facebook at one point. You said, you know, it, like the reality right now is Americans are like, please take our money. And Canadians mm-hmm. are like, you got a coupon for that?
2: Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, like, I mean, it, it's, you know, no, no no offense to my fellow Manitobans, but we are the cheapest creatures on the planet. <laughs> well, I'm not joking, and they're not even like, see, we're the, we're the cheapest people in Canada, like Winnipegers of all. And I mean, like, I'm not saying this, this is the way we are. We kind of, we, you know, we're bargain hunters, yard sailors, you know weird as a bad genre but i mean you're trying to run a business like i i have <laughs> my rates of four hundred dollars canadian right now are almost 50 percent off and even at that guys are oh well what's the cheapest you can do or how oh, really uh, do you and i'm not joking like if i if i put coupons on i might get interest yeah. you know like <laughs> you know it's just um it's just it's just devastating right so
1: what is the size of winnipeg
2: I think Winnipeg's around. uh, You know, last time I remember hearing the numbers, maybe eight or nine hundred thousand.
1: And that's Winnipeg has virtually no suburbs. So, you know, eight or nine hundred thousand people—that's all within the city limits.
0: Yes, yeah. That's a big—that's a big city, but it doesn't feel like it though. But here, I'm sure if you do. I mean, if you're bringing locals out, that's also a little dangerous too, because like if you bring us out. We're not going to live there. We're going to come home and then 20 minutes later, we're going to forget about 85% of what we just learned. And then maybe we'll retain a little bit, but I'm not going to remember spots. But a local, yeah. you know, he can go out with you and, you know, pin GPS points and do some, you know, yeah. try to kind of use you as a resource yeah. to be able to find big fish.
2: You know, we have um, Winnipeg's a very multicultural city, right? I mean, the amount of people that actually. Hunt and fish is not huge, and the ones that do it at any kind of um, at any kind of uh, skilled level. Like, like uh, most of my American guests that come up, even if they're not avid fishermen are, are pretty well-versed and very well-skilled and prepared. And that's just, you, you just don't get that here. You really don't. I mean, most, uh, most, uh, you know, the guys who come out fish here, they're just, not not, not taking it seriously. They don't look at uh, these fish in their backyard as something that's worth paying for. I mean, it's, it's the most, we have the most under underappreciated resources in our backyard. I mean, um, it's I mean the people who do take advantage of it are really love and appreciate it and it's great and I got a lot of corporate support and whatever else. but I mean, I mean people just, completely t- they they, just, they don't realize what they have in their backyard like you guys the americans you guys understand i mean your your lakes are you got huge populations your fish your lakes are hit heavy they're fished hard you know you got a puddle uh, with 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 uh a fish in it and you've got six resorts and eight boat launches right i mean and, and up <laughs> here it's wrong. Like,
0: <laughs> i was gonna say he's 100 percent right
2: yeah and up here it's like it's almost like our our, our government or conservation and stuff like that we we just we just want to try to restrict access to our resources and stop people from taking advantage of it at times. You know what I mean? It's just a completely different world, different mentality. But I think the big thing is population. Like you know, it's, it may be a big city, but you know, there's 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 across the ice belt you know what i mean in the states there's i mean the sales we do up in canada don't even like from a sponsorship level i'm a very heavily sponsored stuff like that, and our numbers don't even factor into what you guys do right we don't have the dollar and i think the big thing is the dollars too like we just don't have the money that you guys have right so
1: well i know from the tuned up shop when we, when we've sent supplies or sent rods up to Canada, it is a, it's really expensive to do that.
0: Well, you have, it's so hard. So say you have a, we'll just say it's a hundred dollar rod. You send Mm -hmm. it up to Canada, it costs $35 shipping. And then you pay a tariff of potentially 50% on that item. By the time you get it there, it's $190 where you could have buy it on our shop for 180. And then there's always that Canadian conversion factor. So Mm -hmm. instead of, 180 US dollars it's 230 Canadian for a $100 stick. So it's right it's 10 folds um more expensive just to get one rod up there and and that that's been a challenge for us this year too because we have a
1: lot of people from Canada who are who message us constantly just really wanting to get their hands
0: on our stuff and it's just so financially mm-hmm. difficult. Well, and then there's also the the last factor that this year it sat in customs everyone for 31 days. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we always think, oh, it'll go faster. Nope. Customs only works like one day a week, apparently. Yeah. No offense to anyone working in customs.
2: No, hashtag free trade. Yeah. No, <laughs> no shit, right?
0: Like just open yeah. up the borders. Let us, because we literally can ship to New York cheaper than we can ship just across the border, mm-hmm. like a third of the price. I'm like, it's five times the amount of miles. It's not that mm-hmm. far to Canada. That's a, I mean, Winnipeg is, what, seven hours from the Twin Cities, Mm -hmm. eight hours? Yeah, it's not far.
3: No, I mean, that's the thing. You drive to Lake of the Woods, and then, yeah, yeah, you got to have your passport. Yeah, you can't. What's the other restriction? You can't have a DUI, I think, within the last 10 years or something like that, so that'll eliminate some some folks. But uh, so getting across the border is a little bit of work, but you know, the way Donovan's got all that stuff set up up there is, you know, nice hotel, plenty of places to eat around there, really comfortable, good setup. His Your right. guys are awesome. Like, we miss your guys, too, and we miss Brian and, or Ryan and uh, and uh Brad and, Big and Mike. Brett, and, yeah, Big Mike doesn't guide with you anymore, though, does he? But he's he's pretty, he's on Facebook and all that stuff, so well, it's he's fun still to hear. Part from. Of it
2: we're the crew, he just, he's not doing a lot of guiding. Okay, yeah. So,
3: I mean, you just, you got good guys, too. You just, you're out there fishing, just feel like they're part of the crew. I did think of one thing that was a, uh, a, a silver lining to the border closure, though. We're usually up there my crew of guys and they get a little raucous uh and we're usually up there when those junior gold championships are going on <clears throat> a couple years back when the usa won i remember we were over at the restaurant and guys started chanting usa and i'm like guys you can't do that here you can't that's not don't do that and i think usa won it again this year so we probably saved a butt whooping so that was you probably boston's
1: good. pizza in selkirk and they have like seventy
0: five TVs, yeah. and every one of them is on a different hockey
1: game.
3: It's, it's brilliant. That's
0: because hockey is king. It's in life. There, there's yeah. no, there are no other sport. So I, Donovan, I, I travel to Eagle Lake quite often. I'm sure you know it's yeah. another yep. small, <laughs> real small lake in Canada. Sarcasm <laughs> in, in implied <laughs> tenfold. So we yeah. went up there, and, and apparently they had cable. I'm like, do you guys watch anything other than hockey? They're like. What's other sports? I mean, they weren't even joking. I was like, "There's no other sports up here. It's just hockey. Yeah. They only know hockey. And that's it. It's not like NASCAR where they would. I mean, there's yeah. there's no. That's a whole different world.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, even like you know, the joke I remember years ago was like in the north end, which is a you know a, a poorer area of Winnipeg. You know, the kids there might not have winter boots, but they all have hockey sticks. So, <laughs> no.
0: but that's the truth. And I honestly, I yeah. think that's kind of cool. I mean, it, it's it's. Mm-hmm. When when I went to uh, Eagle Lake last year, I didn't realize how remote Canada was until we drove on the five hundred two for I don't know a hundred miles and never saw another person. I'm like I, I don't think I've ever driven on a road for a hundred miles and never saw another person or a resort or a gas station or anything. I mean, it's you, you get out of those big cities and there's nothing. C- Canada's
1: oh. an interesting, you know, like Winnipeg. Like I said, there's no suburbs to Winnipeg. You we cross the border I, I, we have a, a cabin that's just south of uh of of um Lancaster so we we know that crossing up in that area we cross through Pemina all the time and the drive from Pemina up to 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 Winnipeg is like a 45 minute drive and it's there's nothing and nope. then all of a sudden here's a major city yep. in the you know and it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere but it's right on the river there and i think I've heard stats that there's something like 90% of the entire Canadian population is within a hundred miles of the border. Yeah. It's insane. Like there's so yeah. many people yeah. stacked along the border.
0: Well, I, I know from, we have a customer that's like 450 miles north of us, of the border. And when he gets a rod shipped, he, we have to base his price on where we're shipping to. Like he'll get a ship to his mom's house and it's a, you know, a hundred bucks. If he gets a ship to his house, it's like $275. Because they say the FedEx truck has to literally drive 200 miles up to his house and then back. and there's nothing else.
3: Mm-hmm. My joke when we get up there is uh, all roads lead to Gimli. <laughs> you, you get north of Selkirk and every sign you see there's an arrow pointing to Gimli, which is this little little village just on the what southwest side of the lake, right? Yep, yep. And you get north of Gimli, which we did this year, uh, just a slightly north of, and, and it's I think there's nothing else past that, right? Okay.
2: You basically, yeah, you basically run into Huckle Island, or you have to, you know, you bypass the lake and you head up up, up into the north. So
0: yeah, now, Donovan, have you heard any? I'm sorry, John. Oh, sorry. I, I so Donovan, I have to ask you because this this is kind of like what I'm hearing. It's kind of like Mille like the south end of the lake that's pretty populated, and then the further north you get, the more desolate it gets. And kind of so is your north, the north part of Winnipeg, kind of. Isolated? Like it, you're kind of off in no man's land?
2: I've never seen it. Like, you oh. know, it's, it's, it's you know, like, I've, ne- I've never, you know, it's, there's nothing up there. Like, I mean, you, you start going, like, um, you get up past Hecla. I mean, it's, it's just wilderness. There's, there's, it's not, it's beyond wilderness. The only thing up there are, are uh, Indian reservations. Okay. Or Aboriginal reservations, right? That's, that's all there is. Like, you know, and then there's some flying communities and stuff like that, but there's just, there's nothing up there. It's just, it's just wilderness, just plain and simple. Like you get up to Grand Rapids and, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. And it's just, um, yeah, no, there's just, there's nothing up there. <laughs> you that's, know what I mean? That's it's so cool. To, uh,
1: it's hard to understand also that Lake Winnipeg is not in Winnipeg. You're a good hour north of Winnipeg. To get yes, to the lake.
2: yes. They're
1: mm-hmm. not, they're not right next to each other. So you're already, you're already <laughs> going <laughs> in the wilderness to get to the lake.
3: Yeah, we stay in Selkirk, you know, and that's, which is which a is, decent sized town. That's, that's a. I've learned to love it. You know, you gotta you gotta stop by Thor's Meats and pick up your beef sticks. Although if you ask them about beef sticks, they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, papitos or pepperitos or what do they call them?" I think it's pepperitos. Something. He looked Pepper- at me like I was a moron. I'm like, "Sorry, man. Just I want some of those things right." There. The round, the round meat things. Yeah, I, yeah.
0: You you guys call your hoodies sweaters. Right, you and what's a what's a stocking hat a a, a toque yeah. yeah a toque yeah. it took me a long time to figure out a talking tuk? yeah what 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 is a toque it's a stocking hat
3: yeah yeah
2: yeah
3: like, a we hat? just call it toque <laughs> <laughs> just that, that normal thing yeah you know and we we haven't even mentioned this either like the 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 greenbacks you know like we didn't we didn't mention that just that those fish, fish up there. Um so there's the Facebook page, uh, there's the Manitoba Greenbacks page on there and bit and your big Mike, your buddy, and uh posts a lot on there and stuff too. And he just put this new cover photo on there just showing the back of this walleye and they are just unique and I mean just this emerald green just gorgeous looking fish i mean it's just it's like something you just never seen before yeah
2: they get that green coloring from the lake it's um from what, from what they say is just like you know from the limestone rich uh, rocks of lake winnipeg it gives them that iridescent green coloring and it's unique to you know unique place in the world there's no other place in the world that has a coloring like that yeah it's just, there's beautiful fish they're, they're
0: shaped different too Oh, it, yeah, it their takes. heads look smaller than their bodies. It's like they're they're not growing in proportion. <laughs> <laughs> well you said
3: that once, Donovan. I mean you talked yeah, about like their, their, their growth rate. You said that growth rate is just insane on that lake, right?
2: Yeah, no, I think things have started to change. So I mean it, you know, as as things do in nature, but you know, six, seven years ago when I was talking to my buddy who is a biologist who worked Lake Winnipeg for six years, he said. At the time, and like again, this could change. They've changed by now, whatever. I think the growth rates have changed a little bit, but unlike a, like a lake or the woods walleye, where you get a thirty-inch walleye that might be twenty-five years old, it's got a massive head, right? Well, these fish have very, very small heads because bone grows at a standard rate. But what ha- what's happening with the greenbacks is, at least they were, they were putting all their energy into growing big and fast as fast as they can, just biologically. So you were getting these, you know, 30-inch walleyes that were huge, right? Like, you know, and just, you know, relatively small heads compared to the bodies. That's why a lot of them have these, like, you know, pronounced humpbacks because their heads are just, you know, their, their bodies are outgrowing their skeletal structure. And uh, that fish might only be 12 years old on Lake Winnipeg, while on, you know, Lake of the Woods, that might be a 25-year-old fish, right? Mm.
0: Do you guys have year classes that you watch coming up? I mean like so I know like Malax and maybe you don't follow Malax, I'm hoping you don't. But we have year classes that come up and then we kinda watch those grow. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have like banner years where you get really good spawning and you know that your class is really good? Or is it that <clears throat> consistent of a fishery where
2: Yeah, no, for for sure, for sure. Um now, I'm trying to think back to, I think it was a 2007 or 2009 were the ones that really put Lake Winnipeg on the chart that year class. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know um, I've been on that lake for, you know, fishing it pretty well for 11, 12 years. And I remember when I started the first year, um, you, you know, we kind of masters by how many we get per day and not per week anymore. But back then... If you caught one or two or three masses in a week, you were doing fantastic. I mean, the fishing was off the hook, but I mean, it was every single fish was 20 to 22 inches. And if you weren't kept keeping, you know, a four, four and a half pound fish to eat, you weren't eating. I mean, it was just that every fish was like that. So it was kind of cool because we watched those fish grow up in that year class every year, year after year, getting an inch here and an inch there. And pretty soon, one year it was just like 24 is out the yin yang, and the next year it was all twenty sixes, and then pretty much then they kind of got to those twenty seven and 28s And then we started getting into the years where it was just ridiculous. And you know, we were having you know competitions on the ice between guides, like you know how many masters each group can get every day. Oh, he's at six today. Oh, no, Ryan's at eight. Oh, we got ten over here, and you know, so yeah, we've we've seen those year classes grow up and get big and maximum size and other ones come in and we've seen missing year classes like you know um we might be coming out of it not not even right now but there's definitely not very many you know 23 to 24 inch fish around uh you know say twenty, twenty-three or 22 to 25 it's it's changing a little bit now but for two or three years those fish were just gone like that year class just didn't exist almost
0: yeah i mean i find it fascinating that a lake can drop a whole year class and (laughs) It doesn't, I mean, not that yeah. it doesn't matter, but it doesn't seem to really affect the fishery that much.
2: Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it'll, I like the size of Winnipeg with the amount of fish, and then and also the the changes we've made to the commercial catch and the net sizing and stuff have really helped the population kind of rip down from where it was going. But um, yeah, like the flood years, eh? Like the flood years, which I believe were two thousand seven, two thousand nine, if I'm thinking correctly. Those those years were just absolutely ridiculous, off the hook, perfect spawning years, eh?
0: Well, so, that so the Red River flows north. So what? Yeah. I'm I'm kind of fascinated with why those year classes would be so high if there was a flood does that just create more spawning grounds
2: yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. it just, it, it just, uh, yeah, just everything raises up and it opens up way more water, way more spawning area, perfect conditions, ideal conditions, lot, you know, I guess more food and, and, and washed into the system. Like, I guess just a, a perfect storm. Like, one of my buddies, um, the biologist, he, I can't remember which, which year was the real prime one, but he said it was just one of these things where it was just a perfect storm where you look at the, 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 the water levels, um, the the bait, the the temperature, the time, just just all the conditions you could hope for lining up, and the planets aligned to, to create the absolute perfect storm of the ultimate spawn. Right.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, I, I find spawning fascinating because I fish a lake that has no natural walleye reproduction. They okay. they, they stock it. Well, this year we mm-hmm. caught walleyes from four inches up to nineteen inches one weekend. And I say there's no way that you can have that many year classes and not have natural reproduction because stuff changes, you know. I mean, you get banner years or you get floods that change the way fish biology actually works and it improves the fishery or makes it collapse. So I find that stuff kind of fascinating.
2: You no, know, I I'm a firm believer that nature finds a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, whether it be the zero zebra mussels, like, you know, they're so uh, paranoid about invasive species. And I get it. They're their job. They have to, you know, protect and, and do what they think is, is right. But they don't really know what, what the end result of zebra mussels are going to be. They don't know how they're going to. Like, nature finds a way. It finds an equilibrium. I believe that with fish, with hunting, with whatever. Even, like, one year in the Red River, um, during a flood level, our catfish, which normally spawn in late June, early July, we were dropping eggs at the end of August. And it was because we had flood water conditions, racing, ripping, dirty flood water conditions. And I was, you know, I had, I caught this one. Fish that was spilling eggs all over the boat, and everybody was finding that right way, way months, months, months late. And a lot, of, you know, I, I sent the email out to a lot of different biologists, and they didn't really have an answer other than just saying, "Well, they kind of figured they like, they gave me the scientific reply, but maybe basically saying that you know the water levels weren't ideal for spawning, so they didn't spawn, and a lot, a good portion of the fish just reabsorbed their eggs and didn't spawn that year, you know, because they were adapting to the kitchen. So, but there's I don't still know, it could be something like there's that. There's still
0: some fish that spawn. I mean people are, even if it's a bad year there's oh, still some hello, fish hello? that spawn hey,
1: you got us can you hear us oh we might are we losing you donovan oh, hello hello you got us
0: hello hello you there
2: yeah no i got you okay. okay
0: good good it's that canadian uh tire internet connection you're on
3: <laughs> it could be. dude i had to buy a canadian tire bucket when i was up there i'm like i love that place it's 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 not It's tough to describe.
0: I I thought it was a tire store when like when I first went up, I was like based on the title? Well yeah, why do you guys all have a tire? Like why are you go obsessed with a tire store and you walk in and you're like, Oh, I get why you're all obsessed with this. It's it's like
3: Walmart meets fleet farm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they had a really cool kid. It's like the best of both worlds. (laughs) Not not the worst. (laughs) Um so I, I have one more question for you. What what other species can you catch? At Lake Winnipeg, because we always talk about walleye, and then we talk about catfish. Are there other species there, like lake trout? Oh, yeah,
2: sorry. I, I just, I, I lost you for, like, the last two minutes here. I'm, I'm just picking you up now
0: again. Oh, is there lake trout up there in Lake Winnipeg, or is it just walleye catfish, or is it just... No,
2: it's just... A, well, yeah we got 26 different species of fish, but, like, as popular sports fish in, like, Winnipeg and the Red River, you're talking, like, catfish and walleye. I mean, it's you, – you wouldn't really have too many fishable populations of, like, you know – a uh, targetable pike or, or bass or stuff like that until you get to, you know, other small lakes or whatever. So Although we, we stumble across a couple big, I've pike, never though.
1: seen anyone more upset to catch a 40 inch wall or 40 inch pike than Kevin <laughs> was two years ago. He, he got a 40 inch pike and he thought that he had just set the world record for oh, walleye until he that thought thing he got his though. 30.
3: Cause I don't think he's had a third, this guy fishes, right? Yeah. He loves fish and he's all over it. And he's never had a, he hasn't got his 30 inch walleye like some of the guys yet.
1: You hear just just the loudest curse words coming across the ice. I'm like, oh, man, something terrible must have
3: happened. Ah, the 40-inch
1: pike.
0: You know, I would be really ecstatic with a 40-inch pike. Oh, it's
1: beautiful he fish, too. so
0: mad about it. But God. the thing is, like, I mean, a 30-inch walleye, and, I mean, they're special anywhere. Yep. That's the thing. And then, I mean, for me, I caught my 31-inch walleye on a small body of water that doesn't hold walleyes. But it's like they're a special fish. No matter if it's Winnipeg, Malax, Lake of the Woods, it's a special fish. I mean, but no you have what. a
1: lot better chance on Winnipeg than anywhere else. Yeah, I I caught mine on the fish of a lifetime. Yeah. So, Donovan, question about the border: Do you have you heard anything uh, from you know on your side, your government? Are they saying anything about what you know plans are for reopening, or is there any talk on that re, in that uh, uh.
2: front? <laughs> You know what? Anything I've heard has all just been hearsay. There's nothing, no official statement, but there is nothing that our um, our prime minister has said that uh, leads me to believe he's leaning towards opening up the borders. Um, you know, I, I don't understand it myself for for this thing here. I, I don't get why if you can't show vaccination, you know, um, evidence or something, or, or you quarantine or or whatever the care, you know, back home show sure that you're not sick you, you can't come up here but it just he just like i don't i don't think that this liberal government up here um I, I, it it almost feels to us like every time a business goes under he cracks a smile to be honest with you well, so it, it's, that's, that's kind of where we are so. it's
0: detrimental for cuz i mean i know the eagle lake side They rely on tourism. There's no other people up there. I'm sure you guys are the same way. You rely on American money, and we're all willing to spend it right now. Take my money. Yeah, because I want to get out of my house and away from my wonderful family and kids to go fish Winnipeg and not have cell phone service for four days. Yeah. You get no service idea. out there, by the way. They're nope, pretty, pretty you advanced. do not get service in Canada. Don't say <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I'm just kidding. Sorry, <laughs> My I, misspoke. Was, yeah. oh, I misspoke. I it, it, It's funny, Verizon doesn't connect up to Canada. <laughs> oh, and Rogers, yeah, it's Rogers wink, wink. or something, but yeah. they
3: don't they don't like each other anymore. Nope, yeah, nope. I know what you're saying. Yep, I got you.
1: Well, I hope that that it can get resolved relatively soon. I, you know, I definitely missed that trip this year, and I, I really would like to try it again. And, and the catfish seems like something that I could really get into. Like I said, we've got a cabin that's not too far from there, and we could. I think it'd just be awesome to run up there in the summertime. You could bring that new boat up there. I could, well, I don't, yeah. I'd rather go well,
2: on the islands. It's interesting because um, i actually. A quick, it's, it's hard to get my uh, my American ice guys to you know kind of you know not turn their nose up at catfish, but I've over the last several years I've got a lot of them coming up, and I'll tell you something. They they make it. They don't just come up once. I mean, it's it's a close, quick hitter trip. It's not like this. It doesn't have to be a three day marathon like some of the ice trips. I mean, you can come up for a half a day or a full day if you know if, you, if you're close enough but it's just um, absolutely sports fishing and overdrive um nine days out of ten it's absolutely lights out awesome fishing or you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's quick and easy good to do and um yeah and uh, i'll tell you we we miss you guys like it's uh, it's not just about the economics of it all and the business of it i mean we we're guides anybody doing this up here is a passion and you guys are you know not just clients and dollar signs but friends and it's just the psychology like even me personally this year have just not getting on the ice with the boys with my guides and with my clients and you, you kind of feel like really i kind of feel like i've lost a piece of myself you know by not going there so and I'll, you know i'll also say you know i've had some you know Kirshner and, and the low tees there and some of the other guys you know like you know some of my other groups too they've they've really stepped up big with with emotional support and even like um you know in, in other ways too and you guys know what i'm talking about um and, and as well you, in some groups you know using corporate budgets to book trips in the summertime and and turn those winter dollars into summer dollars to try to help us up and get up here in the, in the summertime for walleye and catfish. And i can't say enough to you know our, our american brothers and sisters down there who are thinking of us and, and doing everything they can to try to keep us through this so
1: yeah, we, we definitely can't wait to get back up there. And, you know, with our, I've told you about their cabin close by, we, you know, our the general store in our town flies a Canadian flag. People come to our store and, you know, and that's, that's the closest gas station to several Canadians in that area. It's, it doesn't feel like two separate countries in
0: that part of the world. It no, feels like we're brothers from the same model feels very connected. <laughs>
3: That's right.
2: You know, I've, I've always said hunting and fishing is the great equalizer. I've had guys on the ice where, you know, I've had, I've had a guy who doesn't have a pot to piss in talking with the CEO of a corporation and they're telling the same kind of stories and, and history. And it's, it's, you know, like it's, it, things don't matter. It's just, we're all the same people with the same stories, you know, and this, this border stuff is a bunch of BS. If you ask me, you know,
1: so. mm-hmm. Well, Donovan, we really appreciate your time tonight. It's been awesome to get to pick your brain, and and I hope that uh, hope that we've got some people peaked on on the chance to get up to Canada when it's open. And anyone who's interested in following Donovan, check them out on Blackwater Guides or Blackwater Outfitters, excuse me, on Blackwater uh,
2: Cats Outfitters. Blackwater
1: Cats Outfitters on Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Just see some of those crazy greenbacks. Uh, it's definitely. Definitely worth your time to investigate if it's something you've ever been interested in.
3: Just don't take my weekends. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We'll save those for you. (laughs) We'll save those for you. Thanks so much, Donovan. Thank you, Luke, for being here tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks guys. We'll see you guys on another episode of the Iceman coming up soon.
2: Thanks a lot, guys.